Yeah. <laughs> you know what was there? Right, so welcome to Toilet Talk. The, um, this is the first episode of our amazing new podcast with me, Tom. Oh, sorry, I'm on speak. Oh, and me, Josh. Uh, so this podcast is just going to be chatting shit, I guess. Yep, exactly. Everything. We won't get too deep politics yet, but we won't care. I don't know, we'll just talk about stuff, see how it goes. Nothing is off the table. Actually, in fact, everything is off the table. Everything's been consumed <laughs> off the table, and now it's just shit. It's shit in what is known as toilet talk. Yes, the bringing... I don't know, bringing information to the masses that they didn't know they needed. Yes. We'll be discussing quality things like Star Wars and... The Empire's fiscal policy. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know. So, do you have anything to talk about, Josh? Um, I know there was homework to um, come up with topics to figure out what to say on Toilet Talk. Yeah. But you could probably um, gather from my vague introduction that yeah. I did not come up with anything for, <laughs> for no. this podcast. But that's what I feel like this first episode is about. It's about branching out and trying to figure out where we stand in the political, not political, we're not doing politics, <laughs> <laughs> in the um, podcast uh, world. Yeah, we're um, feeling, we're exploring, this, yeah. this is brand new territory. It's like um, how presidential candidates usually say, we're I'm already sp- on politics. <laughs> no, this is satire politics. Okay. It's how presidential candidates usually say, I'm going to start um, a committee to figure out what the feel of the nation is before right. I um, run for president, or to see if I should run for president, which means they are definitely going to run for president. But like how Nicholas Sturgeon says, I'm going to do a big campaign to figure out, um, to listen to the Scottish people to see if independence is a thing and whether she can pursue an independence referendum. It means she's definitely going to pursue an independence right. referendum. Let's hope Scottish people aren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the end of the politics section of this. <laughs> We have a nice five-minute politics session every so often. Yeah. yeah, so um, I didn't come up with anything. I had like loads of conversation topics, but I've, I've used them all up earlier in the week. Um, coronavirus, <laughs> that's a hot topic right now. Yeah, the topic that no one wants to talk yeah, about. Let's, let's, we, let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not. That'll be our niche audience, the people I who... I was thinking yesterday, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to be able to go to the pub again. Yes. I, we, won't, we won't discuss why you can't go to the pub, because it's the elephant in the room. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know when we, if when we get there, we'll, we'll think, okay, cool, we can go to the pub again. We've been once, and now we're, we're bored again. I don't know. Well, when stuff goes back to normal, will it just be normal again and boring? I think... You, you hear a lot of people saying, oh, I took this for granted. I say, I, I took going out with my friends for granted. I took yeah. I, all those times I went home early from the club, all those wasted times. I'm never going to do that again. Yeah, wasted so much. <laughs> guaranteed, guaranteed that they are going to um, definitely do that again. It's like when you do, um, you don't study for a test and you're doing it last minute. And you're like, oh, I'm never going to do this again. Yeah. I'm going to study from day one next time. And you, you, you never don't. do it. You don't. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of people I think who hate clubbing probably gone, oh, I love clubbing. And realise they hate clubbing as soon as they get back in the club. I think the first night will be amazing. It'll be like Freshers Week. You know, you get first night of Freshers Week. Provided you can get into the club. <laughs> Provided you can get in. It'll be amazing. And then after that, it'll just straight back down to normal because people will get bored again. We're very easily bored as a species. I yeah. Well, I think, if anything, that this elephant in the room has taught us is that when you do something repetitively over and over again, it really does lose its magic. That's true. For example, I'm a bit done with TV <laughs> and TV shows and yeah. anything that you can do indoors. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. I'm also bored of just going for a walk every day. Because <laughs> there's, there's, there's a limit to how much walking I can do. And so, so far I can go in so many different places. Exactly. I've, I've seen everything around me at this point. I, yeah. I, I know where everything is. I know the individual placements of bushes along paths. I know. Yeah, there's very little to do. And I'm just... Yeah, you're just bored all the time. There's, there's nothing to do, really. But what can what can else can you do? And that is the true long-term impact of COVID. 
Now, if you think about it, you know, everyone's talking about the economy and how, you know, the economy will shrink and it will never quite get back to its levels. It's going to be difficult mm. to get back to the levels. I'm not thinking about the fiscal capital. I'm thinking about the social capital. Because in these year, year now, well, congratulations. Only anniversary I've ever made. We should have got party poppers. <laughs> party poppers. <laughs> we'll put that in in the editing. <laughs> um, fireworks as well. Yeah. Um, well, you find, what was I talking about? Social... Social capital, yeah. Right. So what you found is, once you're a year isolated with very little going on, you kind of run out of stories to tell each other. Yeah, you do. I, um, I, um, my mum phoned me today, and she's like, hello, so what's it like with you? And I was like, you phoned me the other week, and nothing else has <laughs> happened since. <laughs> I had some coursework to do, and that's about it. I finished that, there's nothing else to say. She was like, yeah, well, nothing's happening over here. I was like, yeah, just people are running out of life to talk about if nothing happens all that's left is like did you watch the latest episode of game of thrones i mean game of thrones is long gone but it's, it's, it's like all the conversation there is is have you seen the latest episode of this show what did you think about this show yeah it's it's there's, there's bugger all else to do quite frankly and if it's not succession or ozark is it really worth talking about <laughs> That is the question. I seen oh, they're both amazing. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Then that could be the next episode of Toilet Talk. Oh, what I binged. I binged Succession. Succession. Or you can do a, a real life like reaction. Like Succession's only like ten episodes a season, so that's ten hours. Oh, we'll I do a ten-hour podcast of you just reacting to Succession. We'll have to like. Mm, no, we'll, I don't know. We'd get content matched. I'm sure for the Succession in the background. <laughs> We have um, to like split it into little chunks. That's very true. But, I mean, yeah, I think people just bored. I forgot what we were talking about. Uh, social capital, people be bored. Oh, yeah, nothing else to say. The thing you're not going to talk about at the moment because everyone's experiencing it anyway. It ironically makes you more bored of people though, doesn't it? Because people's lives get more boring, so they yeah. get less interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, you were boring <laughs> from the start. I know. <laughs> And now I'm running my own podcast. Yeah, this is this is the lowest of the low. This is the low of the low. This is new entertainment. You know what? Fair enough. I'm also bored of all my hobbies I had beforehand. Yeah. It turns out if you do your hobby more than like an hour a day, it gets boring. If you do your passion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You run out of passion. Mm. You know, I, I think there's also... This, this one's getting slower. Yes, this this elephant is much slower than the other elephants. Yeah, the other elephant was a speedy fucker. It, I don't know if we we'll, we'll see. We can swear in this. Yeah, so this is an adult podcast. We've just decided because we don't want to cut that out or bleep it. Okay, so I think then we will start a little mini game of how many n words and c words we can say in the next Whoa. year. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> that came out of left field there. <laughs> Woo. Uh, um, there's just not much else to say. What, what else has happened this week? Well, there's not much else to say. Make a podcast, yeah. which is entirely based around you saying shit. Usually we can, we can talk, but I'm trying... It's hard to come up with conversations to have on the uh, fly. Yeah, luckily we'll cut out probably all this... Um... Yeah, we might have to cut out some of this. But we'll, 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 be, we'll be left with a two-minute video after all the cuts. <laughs> <laughs> the introduction and the end. Yeah. We... <laughs> Welcome to Toilet Talk. <laughs> Five seconds of silence. Now that was Toilet Talk. Goodbye. That's it. Cue the flush sound effect. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, oh, it's meant to be snowing this week. Oh, is it? So that'll be exciting. It's meant to be very cold. It's like minus two, minus three degrees all week. Is it this weekend so I don't have to jog? Yeah, this weekend. Yes. It's like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's going to be very cold. Of course, it probably won't snow because while the rest of the UK is... Fuck's sake. While the rest of the UK is a snow repeatedly, actually, over the past couple of weeks, us up here in Norwich have had nothing. No. I've been very sad, actually. We, we wanted to build a snowman. Yeah. I know, we're also making plans, but the plans don't seem as good when you do them. Yeah. I don't know, the room crawl was quite entertaining. The room crawl was very entertaining. But, but that was drinking, though. Yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> Which is all... Actually, I'm getting bored of drinking. Yeah. I really am. You have to get the right vibes, 
and it's hard to get the vibes when you're not going anywhere. Yeah, so when you're sat down as well, drinking when you're sat down is so much harder. You just feel bloated. Yeah, I'm exactly. Sure, I'm not sure I'm a student anymore. I think I'm old. <laughs> I just you just get so bloated so quickly. I don't know. All the progress I've well, the only progress I made for uni is building on my alcohol tolerance, and uh, that's yeah. all gone now. Get wasted on a glass of wine, not glass of wine, not that bad, <laughs> on a bottle of wine. I mean, a bottle of wine is still a fair amount. We're, we're not condoning alcoholism here. But... Oh, no. We, we support it. <laughs> um, we're, the a, we're the triple A group, not, not AA, but AAA, anti-alcoholics anonymous group. <laughs> <laughs> you know those little batteries, they're actually sponsored by us, that's why they're called triple A's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, is, that is absolutely true. We're... we're if we just drop as many brands as possible, yeah. do you think we start getting sponsors <laughs> with our two views? Well, yeah, because the two views will be two competing battery companies, Duracell and Energizer. Oh, yeah. We, we love some Duracell batteries, yes. Whenever I'm using batteries, I use Duracell. There's just nothing better than Duracell. They're so durable. Yeah, the mink. I, I've only just realised that. Have you actually only realised that? <laughs> yeah. Oh I my god. About it before. They just had a cool pink bunny, don't they? Yeah. I only focus on the bunny. I don't actually focus on. Oh my god! I haven't never focused on the name. I only go for the pack that has a big pink bunny on it. <laughs> so, so what we're saying is marketing works. And even though we thought we were clever, we're obviously not. We're just sheep drawn by the bunny. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. It's like um, back to your childhood instincts of going for the book with all the pictures yeah, in rather than words. Yeah, sense because as a kid, all your toys need batteries. Mm. Batteries, childhood, bunny. Bunny. Yeah. We've uncovered the conspiracy of Duracell's bunny. Does that mean those bu- Does that mean the batteries are like safe to swallow? Oh God, we don't condone <laughs> swallowing batteries on this pod. I don't think they are. You know, you can stick them in a sock and whack someone with them. That's pretty deadly as well. That's also deadly, yeah. Um, oh, that's that's a good one. We should we should go on speak about how we can make bombs on this podcast. Oh, no. Homemade bombs. Oh no! <laughs> we'll at least get views from the FBI <laughs> if no one else. <laughs> Legally, this is a joke. Legally, this is a joke. Wink, wink, oh, nudge, just, nudge. Oh yeah, I was, I've been watching a lot of MythBusters recently. Oh yeah. Um, because I found it was on Amazon Prime, mm. and I finished Futurama good but I'm sad it's over now um, but yeah so I've been watching a lot of Mythbusters and it is the purest nostalgia ever really? I didn't realise how much Mythbusters I watched as like a kid <laughs> is there more of a nostalgia there than the J.J. Abrams film trying to cram in as much fan fiction as possible definitely far more it's incredible and like I never realised this but I was reading about it and like the two Mythbusters they hated each other apparently like they really didn't like each other very much and that's okay. part of why it worked and now watching it back I'm like yeah they really did hate each other <laughs> they're arguing so much oh it's a bit like this podcast then we've got the right chemistry to uh, make yeah, this work exactly but they were testing oh, they were testing um, whether you could make a rocket out of salami <laughs> and it turns out you can what? so salami has a lot of nitrates in which is like, one of the main components of explosives hmm so you could like make a rocket engine out of salami. It's not the greatest rocket engine, but it works. And I was sat there like, what? How does this work? This is incredible. Why can't I make a rocket engine? All we need is salami and liquid nitrogen. No, nitrous oxide, sorry. Where can you find... I know where you can find salami, believe it or not, but where can you find like the other thing that I cannot Dentists. remember? Dentists. Dentists. Laughing gas in it. Is it too late to change my degree? <laughs> oh, God. I changed my whole life dreams for the purpose of making a salami rocket. rocket. I think we could probably just buy nitrous oxide. People must get it. Because like, you see like people doing laughing gas, don't you? Well, you don't see them, but you hear about people doing Is that legal? Gas. I think nitrous oxide is. Doing it is probably not legal. But isn't that then typically possession? Oh, no, but it's legal high, isn't it? Right? I well, they... It can't be classed as for human... Oh, wait, no shit, maybe it is... Maybe you can only give it to someone if you're a doctor. We are so definitely going to be, like, attracted by the police. They're going to be the only views we get. No, because uh, nitrous oxide is surely a legal chemical to own. 
I got um, a myth busted for you as well, actually. Oh, no, yeah, go on, man. Right, so you know you've got those sort of, like, child master chairs where you get, like, 8 to 13-year-olds. Is this how it's fake? Yeah, it's fake. I saw that video! (laughs) By the the bloke in, like, the... Like, um... Like, the vest thing. When he was chatting about it. And he was like, it's all fake. Did you see the same video as me? No, I think I saw a different one, how it's all fake. Yeah, yeah, so... they just hire pretty much child actors, don't they? Yeah, um, and their contracts are insane. Are they? Well, the contracts for Hell's Kitchen and like things like that. Are the like I think one of the worst things in it is it states like if the, we we can show you even if it's like defamatory to the point of public ridicule, harassment, and that's still fine. Hmm. And then it was like, also they, so they make them wear the same clothes for all the interviews. All right. So they can take all the interviews, cut them up and make new sentences so they can make them say whatever they want. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, it's also horrific. But it's like, also it surprises me how much people don't realise that reality TV isn't real. There's a surprising amount of people that reckon the producers aren't there making whatever Kardashian shout at the other Kardashian oh yeah I mean that gee I say that oh, I was, no. <laughs> I, was always, I don't know why it came onto my feed but there was an old sort of Star Trek clip that came onto my feed right. on YouTube and it was about um, and this guy was talking about the economics of war so that's why I guess I got interested in it because that's my forte economics and war yes we love war but um, he was talking about um, how they should negotiate with their enemy and their enemy in this episode were called the Kardashians <laughs> and they just kept talking about how the Kardashians are vicious evil people that, that we can now negotiate with them because we have leverage and things like that <laughs> so it's war against reality TV exactly <laughs> oh that's quite funny but I was thinking about it and you know you got those little kids from the MasterChef and all that and they mm. and but they do talk well, don't they? Yeah, they they talk well and, and like, they have charisma and their personalities. They do the whole thing where it's like they get they get shown an in, a load of ingredients mm. and it's like you have to make this now. Apparently, they learn it months in advance. Yeah, which I I mean makes complete sense. Mm. If you weren't a kid looking at it, you'd be wondering how this eight year old is like cooking like Michelin star dishes just off the bat of his eye. Exactly. I'm not sure I could do. I'm not sure I could bake a cake without supervision at eight. Mm. I'm not sure I could make cereal without supervision at eight. And apparently, like the reality producers, they also already before the shows even start, they already know what sort of stories they want to tell. Yeah, like there's an underdog as well. Don't they? Rather than cooking a bit, which makes complete sense if mm. you view it as a kids show. Yeah, it's, it's a kids show, really. I, I can I can let go of the kids show. I mean I don't watch kids show anyway. I think it's better nowadays. So I, I, when I was watching this video, it's like they, they they now put like more kids things in the middle of it as well. So it's more of a kids show than pretending to be Master Chef, which makes a lot. I more think that's sense. better. I think that's alright if you're trying to inspire kids to cook. You know, if you're yeah. inspiring kids to use fire knives and to all sort of dangerous things, I think that is absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so so in America. The law states that you have to, um, you're not allowed to rig a quiz. And you'd thought that would be common sense, but yeah. they actually had to put, like, so in the 1950s, a load of these quiz shows were rigged. You know, oh, right. the producers would give you the answers. They'd tell you when to drop out, when to win. And so when once this all got, you know, um, exploded out onto public view, I think it was something like 150 contestants testified. But they reckon a lot of them would have been better off because of rigging. So they reckon only about 50 or so of them. I can't remember the exact. But they reckon a fair few of them were lying to the court. So they'd rather face perjury than not be rigged. (laughs) And so after this, it basically destroyed the quiz show. You know, Mm. people just didn't trust them. And so they had to put into law... Sorry again. They had to put into law... um, that you shouldn't rig a quiz show. <laughs> really? Which I just find is crazy. I don't that, know. It's, it's that is insane. Like, it kind of... 
I mean, if it builds the trust again, that's quite good, but surely it's common sense. Like You could have thought it would be common sense, wouldn't you? But I guess... But wait, this is an American TV um, quiz show, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know about Britain, I imagine. Well, I don't know. If you if you see some of those YouTube clips of, like, America, Americans pointing out, like, countries on the map, I can kind of understand why they rigged it a bit. So there's this bloke on TikTok, mm. uh, which I see his videos pop up on, like, Lad Bible on Facebook occasionally, and he asks people, like normal questions like um it popped up a picture of like abraham lincoln going who's this and it's crazy how many people have no idea like what i consider basic mm. basic like knowledge it was like so they didn't know who abraham lincoln was they didn't know who winston churchill was they didn't know who won, who won world war Two. you'd think that'd be obvious you could just say us the british and we won it yeah, but like the people, like obviously they were getting a bit flustered because they say like British, Ger- Britain, Germany, France, so they were just listing out the. They knew who fought in World War Two. Yeah, but they didn't know who won it, which it was just crazy to me. Like, is our education system failing? Well, they always say their brain keeps going on about the war, so maybe. Yeah. Um... Or, or is it just like, if you're not interested, do you just forget stuff? Maybe. Like, because. I guess if you hate history, you just forget everything you learn in it. Yeah, maybe. About keeping the knowledge around. Well, we don't really live in an education system which really wants people to remember. They just want people. They want people to remember for an exam. They don't want people to remember for the rest of their lives. No, that's that's true. But I tend to find with those videos, even those videos in America and in the UK, where they go around saying point. Mm. point I'm sure they definitely pick the worst. They pick the worst, don't they? They. There's probably a higher percentage of proportion of people which are actually smart and do it fine. Yeah. But they just make it look like that everyone's it's a, done. It's the same issue of reality TV, isn't it? Exactly. You can't trust anything on the internet. Um, still, it's pretty bad that on how bad these things are and those people have been failed by society, their parents and yeah. everything. But yeah. If you're, if you're happy not knowing who won World War Two, even at that. If it doesn't change your life, I guess. But, yeah. but you know, if if you forget history, you're bound to repeat it. Those uh, it's true. I think it's crazy the amount of people. You always hear these statistics coming out of America of people, who, of kids, of high school kids who don't think the Holocaust was a real thing. Or, you know, they, they just never learned mm. about it. Which is crazy because it's such a massive event that was the most horrific thing in human history. That's very true. And uh, I don't know. People... And I don't think we live in the age of disinformation, don't we? So, the age of forgetting stuff, isn't it? You mm. only need to keep stuff that keeps you happy, almost. Mm. We, we we live in a very in a time where news is very partisan, the internet's very partisan, and everyone will just follow into the echo chambers. And I don't blame them because it's always nice to hear what you like and yeah. what you think the world is. And it's not fun being challenged. It's not People fun being challenged. Comforted and agreed upon and be challenged. And most people who say that they like to be challenged and like to hear other people's opinions are obviously lying. And they just want to argue. <laughs> and they just want to argue. It's a great excuse to have an argument. But I think that's the main problem. Is the problem is we, as a society, have moved to a very us or them society. Is a very yeah. um. Actually, we talk about our arguments. Arguments are a great thing to have. I think. Mm. You know, that's probably one of the things I miss about the pub is getting into like conversation and then arguing your sides apart oh when you sat around a table and you're all just arguing different points when you get completely drunk and then you start blurting out all your um, controversial opinions (laughs) (laughs) and you got the whole table arguing against you or yeah but usually usually i'm 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 on the whole table side (laughs) oh i wish i was there (laughs) there's something there's also something about not looking something up hmm because as soon as you look the answer up on Google, an argument's over. Yeah, that's but there's true. something more fun about deliberately not looking up the answer and just arguing your point till the cows come home. Yeah, that's true. Well, they always say it's um, really hard to argue against a genius, but it's impossible to argue against an idiot, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> my mum always used to say that I could <laughs> logic and argue my way out of anything. <laughs> Oh, really? Just pure circular logic that kind of makes enough sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is impressive. Yeah. My mum just called me a liar. 
which means I'm a really bad liar because uh, she knew you were a liar. She knew I was a liar. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Speaking of lies and going back to reality TV show. Oh yeah. Before we go into the dark, depressing life that is real world, let's go into the really fake stuff, which is reality TV. Yes. Biggest catfish sort of TV program title lie that I've ever seen. Is it catfish? <laughs> no, but we can get onto that later. <laughs> is my big fat fabulous life? Because it's obviously not that fabulous. Because I swear she spends every episode crying her eyes out. And moaning and whining and oh my god complaining and I don't even know why I watched it but one episode came off my feed and then I just pinch watched I've, got a bunch of it and I'm so ashamed but I've never watched it I have no idea I cannot comment on it's just this woman moaning and whining and she she sounds horrible <laughs> and you go to see into her dating life and she ended, went saw her dating life which it seemed all fake up on stage because it turns out the, she was accidentally related to one of the guys she was dating brilliant um, Seems legit. Yeah, it's just it's, and then there was a confrontation with her and her personal trainer because she's trying to get fit, right. which kind of again argues against her big fat fabulous life as she's trying to get rid of the fat part. But right, but she she got an argument for her personal trainer because she was um, skipping on her diet, and there was like a ton of like McDonald's rubbish, you know, like car and fins. <laughs> And then the, the personal trainer fired her. She didn't fire the personal trainer. The personal trainer fired her as a client. Oh, that's brilliant. I mean, it's all just manufactured drama, isn't it? It's all manufactured, and it, yeah. There's, there's not much reality TV, which I find rude, but um, have you ever seen Extreme Cheapskates? Yes. That show is aggravating. Like, you know it's fake, but I feel so sorry for the people they're cheapskating on. Yeah. Like the, the, the retailers, like when when they pull out these like booker coupons and they get a thousand quid's worth of whatever down to like a hundred pounds, and you just, I feel so sorry. The nerve these people have it just makes me want to cry. It's so bad. It's so unbelievably bad. Uh, I mean, you asked me the question, have I watched it? I watched the episode with you, remember? The one with the um, lady who fed oh. her friend and his girlfriend garbage That's food. Awful. Food straight from the rubbish. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, how do these... These people can't be real. No. Like, it, I hope not, at least. I, I, I've had a look. I've Googled it. And some of these people are genuinely real. Like, obviously, they manufacture situations to make them... Mm. Make the show look as good good mm. as a cat but some of these people do genuinely do this kind of thing and do you not get like they, they must get pleasure out of it yeah that like they must derive some sort of happiness out there of it. is definitely some sort of mental abnormality <laughs> abnormality that's the word um within them or something to make them do that because i mean i can there's been times well, you know, you, you, you restrict your budget and your money and you spend oh, yeah. less. Um, like, you cut down your takeaways, you um, yeah. you go to the cheapest shop. Um, I don't know, you, you you buy the brand butter or whatever. Just the all non-branded the butter. Non-branded butter, you know, all this, all the small stuff. But never to the extent do I go, hmm, I'm a starving student with no money. I'll go and see what my friends have thrown in the rubbish and see what they've got there. It's, it's, it's just me. It, <laughs> the worst thing about that was she, she like just put all of the leftovers in a pot mm. and just like warmed it up for them. Mm. Like, it wasn't even like she just gave them the meal because it was like a pre-packaged meal from, from a convenience store. And she didn't even just give them it. She just mixed up like eight different things put it on a plate it was it just looked horrible as well it just looked like congealed mess yeah and not even that she she doesn't know how to cook I mean if she knew how to cook that'd help things a bit wouldn't it instead of just heating everything up like it extreme cheapskate would start with I can cook not I'm gonna take stuff from people's bins yeah cooking is surely the cheapest you can get you, you think you almost gain a couple survival skills and you maybe get some innovation or some sort of ability to adapt to your scenario so you can make some actual good tasting food out of the yeah, like trash you find. You, there's loads of people out there making food, like healthy, nutritious, good tasting meals on the cheap. 
Mm. You, know, you, you get you get them on the internet all the time, and you get people releasing books all the time. I think I've got a couple somewhere. I got a book about what one pound meals you can make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I've had some of those type of things, and they are really quite nice. You know, you can easily cook for cheaper than people. Like I, you, I can cook cheaper than I do. Definitely, I could. I could if I wanted to. Mm. You, know, you know, buying like single onions and stuff. You know, you, you can definitely get your budget down. Yeah. But then these people are. Well, I, I guess it's the title of the show, isn't it? It's extreme. Just ridiculous. But actually, that's another thing that I probably have a problem with with reality TV show. Like, they they obviously make fun of the mentally unwell or ill or oh, slightly yeah. abnormal. And this is one TV show that really, I don't know, I can't watch because I feel like it's very exploitative, and that's The Undateables. My brothers absolutely love that show, and they I love watching it. I feel bad about everyone on it. I just feel bad, yeah. I don't... I, I think... To be honest, if, you're, if, if you are in an undateable situation, the last thing you want to do is be programmed and branded as undateable. As soon as you go on that show and you come out of it, I know some people have done well dating-wise after being on that show. Yeah. But some haven't, because once you go on that show, you're nationally... I don't know if it goes international, I doubt it, but nationally... I can't imagine it does. Nationally, you become um, branded as undateable. Mm, it's, it's not fun. What, what, what an image to put on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, it's horrible. Um, so, the other week... When was it? Last weekend. Mm. I watched uh, Richard Hammond's new show on Amazon. His new show? Yeah, it's called The Escapists. So it's him and Tori Bellinci, which was one of the Mythbusters. Um, and they basically it's, it's like it's like the grand tour but kind of survivalist you know it's a thinly veiled excuse for them to do a load of fun stuff oh, okay you cool. know like the, the grand tour isn't it's like not a car show it's a thinly veiled excuse for Hammond Clarkson May to yeah go on a fun drive with crazy looking cars and so, so there's the same sort of premise they get they get shipwrecked on this island off of Mexico or something in you know it's paradise and then they build a load of crazy contraptions to get them off the island. You know, they build like a tr- massive tree house and a big water wheel to get power and tanks and stuff. They just have mm. a lot of fun with really. At one point, they build a helicopter type thing. It's actually pretty cool what they did. <laughs> I, I watched like half this season, and then I like googled it, and the first article from the Telegraph is like. This show's great. It's for kids, but it's great. I was like, it's for kids. And I was reading the review. <laughs> the bloke was like, yeah, halfway through the first episode, I realised this show's made for kids. I was like, oh, shit. What? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> really? I really enjoyed it, to be honest. It was like... It, like, obviously... There was a lot... It was obviously not a survival show. Yeah, you know they they pull stuff out of the woodwork. They just had like a hair dryer and like, Richard always had shaving cream and stuff. Mm. But it was they they were just building fun stuff, and I could definitely see how it would be the sort of show you you'd watch with your kids and they'd be really interested in it. Mm. You know, because they're just building. It's the sort of thing you wish could be real. Mm. And I was like, there, like, yeah, I wish that was real. I'd have great fun doing that, to be honest. Yeah, and it's definitely, I think. That um, people get a bit too stringent on TV. I think, especially with Top Gear and the like, people get really weirded out when they realise it's not real. Yeah. And like, I I thought that was ob- I thought it was obvious that like there was never risk of Clarkson May or Ham or dying. Yeah. <laughs> was that was it not obvious they had like film crews with them who would get them out of anything? Yeah. I mean, they definitely put themselves in hairy situations like Patagonia. Mm. But that wasn't for the show. <laughs> well, we don't know. It might have been the BBC and they, they refused to admit whether it was a joke or not. Yeah. It seems like a bit extreme to be a joke, but they could have. Who yeah, knows? It's the sort of thing they would do. It is. Especially, it was Clarkson's car, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it's, it's very Clarkson thing to do. very Clarkson. We'll, we'll never know. I mean, they he wouldn't admit it on his deathbed whether it was real or I not. I still argue there's probably more risk than when, when they were going through Alabama with um. Oh the, my the, yeah, with the yeah um, uh, homosexual cars. Yeah, that was that was. They, I mean, they they got people on them, didn't they? They got pushed, rushed out. Yeah, soon. 
So, you know... <laughs> they definitely do stuff to put themselves at risk, but it's mm. all calculated it, risk. There's enough, there's enough risk there, but I don't think people watch it for the reality. It's meant to be... A, it's a comedy, really, at the end of the day, it, isn't it? It's entertainment. I if got you're really entertained, annoyed. I, was, I watched the last big special they did, which mm. was Madagascar. And I got really annoyed because they got... I think it was the Telegraph. They, they reviewed it as really good for dads. Mm. And they were like, the, the, the show is relying on the charisma of Clarkson, May and Hammond to keep itself going. And I was like, but was that not all they relied on? That's all they've ever had. Top Gear has never been, or Top Gear and the Grand Tour has never been the most informative show out there. Exactly. You know, it's always, it's a talk show with cars. Exactly. Even, it was just, it was based on the charisma. Look, if you look at what Top Gear is now and what it's, you know, when it, let's say Chris Evans and Matt LeBlanc, which is the weirdest parent ever, took oh, over, suck. took over um, Top Gear, as well, four other people at the time, wasn't it? They had they've a, had so many people do it since. But when they took over, the main problem, it, they, they technically had the same premise, same premise, but the mm. problem was, you know, they had no charisma. And yeah. so that show is completely based on charisma because a car show, at the end of the day, and I'm, I know some people like it, but let's be honest, it's boring as hell. Yeah. Um, and an example of that is, if you look at the very early episodes of the Top Gear with Jeremy Clarkson, yeah. you can see that the crowd is puny, there's no one in the crowd, and they're all older men who are obviously car geeks. Yeah, and, and they're all car people. And as time goes by, as they become more entertaining and more charismatic, and the show becomes based on that, mm. you notice that the crowd gets younger, it gets more mainstream. Yeah, yeah, well, I was, I was talking to my dad about it, and he was like, Top Gear was boring. No one watched Top Gear. No one watched mm. it before they came along. You know, well, I mean, it, 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 was, it was a car show for car people. You know, you'd see the latest car, mm. which would have been fine two decades ago, but nowadays you've got the internet, so if you want to look at the latest car, you Google it and you find any mm. number of YouTube channels. So, Top Gear to be mainstream had to be something other than a car show because you could get it elsewhere, you car fix. And the, yeah. the ratings wouldn't be high enough to keep it going at 8 o'clock on mm. Saturday night. I mean, all you have to do is look at its closest competition. So, you've got um, UK um, Top Gear Grand Tour slash, you know, yeah. um, the trio, we'll call them the trio. So, you've yeah. got the trio versus Fifth Gear. Oh, I've um, never watched that. <laughs> I think I've watched 10 minutes of an episode and got bored of hell. Um, <laughs> that was lame. Then you've also got those crossover specials where um, the trio crossed over with German Top Gear. Oh, that, they were funny. <laughs> they were funny, but when did the Germans or the Americans ever really make you laugh? Well, do you even remember no. their names? No. <laughs> no, exactly. Actually, no. I remember Sabine, and that's yeah, about it. Yeah, because she was, she's been on... Grand, has she been on the Grand? Yeah, she's been on the Grand Tour since, hasn't she? She's been. Well, she's she hosted been, Top Gear for a bit. She did, didn't she? And then she does a few cameo appearances now. Yeah, I remember, her, but I don't remember the other two no. guys there, and the Australian guys. I don't remember them either. But it's crazy how worldwide Top Gear became. Mm. You know, it was a shot. It was a show watched in most countries. Yeah, that's true. It was um the BBC's most internationally watched show. Yeah, well, I, I imagine they're very. Sad they lost that since. Which is probably why they brought with Matt LeBlanc because they wanted to keep that international. Saying that, a lot of their TV shows have lost their international appeal recently. Yeah, I don't think the BBC is doing too good. Yeah, especially with people. I, I imagine Amazon is very happy. I, I imagine the Grand Tour does quite well for them. Oh, yeah, people definitely bought Amazon purely for, the, top, yeah, um, which I think, for Grand Tour. Well, I mean, the, they must be raking in enough money for them to keep pumping the money into them, mustn't they? And you know, I, I think Richard Hammond, Clarkson and May are Amazon's top earners at the moment. You know, mm. they're, they'll be sort of coddled within an inch of their life to make these shows that Amazon wants them to make. Oh yeah, I mean, you'll be, there'll be like a whole episode of like James May on his deathbed, but the other two will be driving the ambulance, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think Amazon's probably very happy with that investment being made. It was, it was a good investment. Um, uh, yeah, well the, BB, you know, the BBC's official stance is very much... Yeah, we don't like them. We don't want them anymore. But apparently, the BBC were like, "Please come back." <laughs> yeah, they, they would. They would have had them back. I think though, the biggest missed opportunity of um, Grand Tour hmm. was the first episode ever. Do you remember Jeremy Clarkson was coming out of the BBC building? He was like handing over the keys or something, and then he was 
hopped in a car and did the grand tour. Yeah. What they should have done is they should have done it, but they should have done a parody of The Apprentice and get the Apprentice music on. Oh, he carries one of those bags brilliant. and then he gets into a taxi. I think they should have done that. I thought it was such a missed opportunity. That would have been brilliant. <laughs> Could you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he would have struggled with copyright reasons. Oh, but. <laughs> yeah, you'd imagine they would. But I thought that would be amazing. Oh, the other American remakes of TV shows. Ooh. Oh, no. They're so weird. Well, I think The Office must be the only one that's done really well. And I'll tell you why The Office was successful. And that's because, well, the first season isn't successful. It's usually, they say, miss it. It isn't as successful as the others. And that's because they try to copy the UK version in the first series, and then they decided to do their own thing for the rest. Yeah, you see, I noticed that. It was very much, um, what's it, Ricky Gervais humour. Mm. Like, it was obvious Ricky Gervais humour for the first season of The Office. Yeah. But it was boring. It yeah. wasn't, I, I, it wasn't very good. I don't find Ricky Gervais that funny to me. Oh, no, see, I find him hilarious, so I, I, I can't join there. He's some... I don't mind dark humour, I quite enjoy it, but it's just him. <laughs> he just annoys me for some reason. I, I think w- it's just because it's for the sake of it, almost. I will circle back to him, because I will make a passionate argument for Ricky Gervais. But um, <laughs> but I will keep going on the remakes, because the remakes is an interesting topic at the moment. Okay. Um, firstly, I think culture is very different. Humour culture between oh, Britain and America, it's very, very different. And production value also comes into mm. a case because what Britain doesn't have in terms of production car- um, production budget, they kind of make up through their efficiency with that budget. Yeah. Um, BBC would be it usually outputs some of the highest quality television, but for much shorter lengths. Yeah. You know, the average season over here is like three or four or five, six episodes. Which I really love because... As much as I always hate to see my favourite TV shows end, mm. I think it's always nice to have that closure. I rather, you know, my TV shows aren't beating to death Shut with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so Britain does have a couple of missteps. They do. Um, We're not perfect. We'll be the first to admit that. <laughs> but um, but America, they always do their TV shows for too long, to the point where they get where they recycle stories and it gets really boring and it gets very soap opery. Yeah, you also get a lot of filler. And you get a ton of filler, and then no one's watching by the time it ends. And uh, some TV shows deserve more than that. I also, sometimes it feels like it gets a bit, like, it all becomes one. Mm. Like, The Flash on CW. Mm. At some points it gets very, sort of, happy, happy um, sitcom. Yeah. It seems like all of their TV sort of converges onto the sitcom path. Because filler episodes are basically a mm. sitcom in almost all TV, because you can't have... But filler shouldn't exist, you know? Mm. I, I think that's probably why Disney Plus is doing so well with things like The Mandalorian and WandaVision. It's because it doesn't fill it too much. Yeah. They, they've lowered the episode count per season, which means they can fit more, better stuff in without having to waste the viewer's mm. time on 30 minutes of drivel. I mean, I 100% agree with that. I mean, I remember watching The Flash in yeah. about, I think it was last summer during lockdown. Yeah. I hadn't watched it in ages, so I thought, oh, I'll go see what's going on. Yeah. And they did, and I knew that this show had become overbloated and it had become unneeded because when they did the intro scene, the intro scene was far longer than it needed to be because it was like showing all the new characters and like half of them aren't even metahumans or have anything to do with. It's all about like Iris's journalist group, oh, and yeah. I'm like, what relevance do they have to the Flash? I haven't seen any of it since what season four, I think. <laughs> I yeah, was, I was like invested in all of them. You know, I was invested in all the shows, but Arrow went downhill from about season three on. <laughs> yeah. Season four was awful. Season five was good, and I haven't seen the rest of them. No, I hear season eight was picking up, but then I watched. I didn't watch probably season eight because it ended. <laughs> because it ended, yeah. I remember watching the Infinity Crisis thing, which oh, yeah, was I the biggest that. disappointment I think I've ever it watched was, on TV. It was such a lackluster t- TV for such an incredible cinematic. Mo- it's it's not the sort of thing they should have done. It's the sort of thing that the MCU does. It's the equivalent of Endgame, really. Isn't yeah. It? 
And Endgame was kind of lacklustre because I think they were running out of steam a little bit. But <laughs> I, I give the CW credit for trying to do this. Mm. But their budget is tiny. The CGI is awful. But that's why I say come back to efficient use of budget. Like, yeah. sometimes don't show your threat so you can save money on your budget. Yeah. Um, yeah that's very, I think, yeah, they, to be honest, what they should have done is they should have cut the season lengths in half. Well, they did that for Arrow, didn't they? Yeah, they should have just slapped, you know, half a season. They'd have freed up so much budget, budget for... They don't need the seasons to be that long, but I guess really CW needs something to I fill their slots. I think it's syndication, slots. isn't it? Yeah. Mm. They need to fill a certain amount and of slots. I just, I remember watching that disappointment, and I was just thinking... And, of course, actually, I can't spoil it, but everyone knows what... I, well... Oh, I don't I want to spoil it. I'm going to spoil it because it's been like long. Two years Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't seen Arrow for yeah. the last two years. Oh, well, to myself, oh, I was the last person watching Arrow at that point anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, Oliver Queen obviously dies yeah. um, in like the first episode of that little arc. And then you just know he's coming back. Yeah. And then they bring him back in a pretty shitty way, but they always bring people back, which always annoys me. Yeah. And then he dies again in a less interesting way in my opinion definitely um, though I think to honest um, Stephen Mel's acting was probably best in that little yeah. arc than it's ever been which is it, uh, was quite it impressive was also, there was such a pointless death to try and pretend it wasn't going to happen because everyone knew it was mm. going to happen because Arrow was ending exactly there wasn't going to be any more Arrow but it, they spent so, seeing this was going to be like Arrow's last hurrah I really thought they were going to maybe Still not kill him with him yeah <laughs> not kill him off in the first episode and actually Spend time with, and you know, not focus on this new relationship between um, Superwoman and Batwoman, because let's be honest, that didn't work out anyway, because the actress left. Actually, didn't she? Um, but focus more time on maybe Barry and Oliver's relationships, and they yeah, started this whole sort of crossover thing business, you know. The, yeah, you know, he. Or um, Oliver and Sarah, you know. They'd be literally anyone, <laughs> anyone of them would have been better than what they, anything would have been better than what they did. I just, yeah. I think they took they took themselves too seriously as well. Yeah, I think well not really in the last episode. I don't. I think the last episode was such an epilogue that it was so. It was so crap. Unneeded. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> the final fight scene, where they're in like obvious Canadian. Oh yeah. <laughs> like jungle uh, forest with like the worst CGI flying around as they're like stood in a circle around some boulders. It was so bad. It made me want to cry how bad it was. <laughs> it was so upsetting. It just didn't do Arrow justice because it was a great show from the start. Yeah. It went downhill a bit, but it was it was really good at the start. I think the problem with Arrow was that it it tried to evolve too fast. It was trying to catch up with the Flash, but I didn't like... They also got done yeah. in by DC cutting bits out for films. Yeah, it's true. There was no reason like parts of Arrow had to be cut for them to add the films, do the films as well. Yeah, the films they didn't they didn't coincide. People aren't clever enough to realise the Suicide Squad are a different thing to the Suicide Squad on Arrow. It, it's funny though because they, they say that they don't want to oversaturate their like market for like mm. Batman and Superman and things like that. But what we got like two different Batmans now because what we uh, got technically Ben Affleck because he's going to reprise his role for the Snyder remake and we got. Um, Rowan Patterson. Patterson we've got two Jokers now technically because you've technically still got Jared Leto in the universe and you've got um, oh, Joaquin Phoenix in the, you know, yeah, the independence they said, they said his Joker wasn't part of the DC universe but that, that's the point they're making these always independent films that, which the, is good the next Joker thing is probably going to involve Batman at some point you know, exactly Phoenix's Joker is probably going to experience Batman at some point so we have so free Batman so all that trying to avoid um, saturation. Are you assuming Ben Affleck might be reprising any war roles past? I I guess it depends. If the film did really well and he got praised, I think he would. I, I think that sort of era of Batman and Superman is dead, isn't it? The yeah. Snyder era. It makes me sad because I thought the casting was actually pretty good. I, I, I feel it's more likely Henry Cavill would come back as Superman than Batman. He, he says he's not done. Superman. I feel like he was liked as Superman better than... Mm. But I, I, I mean, well, what was it called? Justice League was atrocious. Oh, I'm yeah. kind of excited to see the side effect, but I don't know if it's gonna. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna fix. No. I feel like the re-edit isn't gonna 
fix how bad that film Well, was. it looks like it's going to be more than a re-edit. It's got like an £80 million pound budget. Yeah, it's going to be he, more like he, a remake. He's not using any of Joss Whedon's Footage. scenes, is he? No. Which was actually the poorest choice for someone to take over as director because they have such different ideologies of how did, to do a film. I can't, why did he get fired the first time? Uh, he, he technically got forced out, but um, it coincided with his daughter's suicide, so he resigned. So it was not on the greatest of terms. So I'm glad he's got the chance to redo this. Yeah, ho- hopefully he manages to make his vision work. The thing, the thing with Snyder is, if you're going to do Snyder, you've got to commit to Snyder. You've got to commit to his vision. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a horrific film to watch. It was mm. it was just bad. I actually thought it was better because I came in with such low... Exp- my expectations were on the ground. Really? <laughs> so, I, I mean, I didn't think it was a good I film. I haven't seen any Wonder Woman, but that's going to be decent enough. The new... One. Yeah. I heard that was really rubbish. I, well, it's DC. So <laughs> DC isn't very good at making films, are they? But the first one's praised quite well, wasn't it? Yeah, Shazam was really good. That was the first DC film I thought, this is actually on par with Marvel's ability to make films. Yeah, no, I liked, I liked Shazam. Shazam went the other way, though, of trying not to be super dark. I feel like mm. they, they put a bit more comedy in it, and it really worked. I very much enjoyed that film. I thought it was a great film. See, I don't mind the darkness, and I don't mind it being dark because I don't want another sort of Marvel universe. I want Definitely, a dark universe. You're right there, but it does sometimes feel like it's a bit early thousands edgy. I think the problem is, my problem, I think I had with it, is they made the wrong characters dark. Like, Batman should always be dark, but Superman doesn't need to be dark. Superman doesn't need, and yeah, um, he doesn't and need to. Be. Wonder Woman doesn't need to be dark. Aquaman doesn't need to be dark. Um, so I think they lightened so, up the right characters. Um, yeah. But for some reason... They, they shouldn't have made the Flash dark either. <laughs> no. Why did they do that to the Flash? <laughs> oh, no. He's meant to be like the epitome of goodness. You know, he's... He's, he's, he's like a cop. Most moral he's, one. he's a detective. He's a CSI who just does like all this... He's got like the most insane right and wrong morality. And then they just make him this edgy kid. And it was like, Why? <laughs> I didn't like it. I really don't like it. The the worst bit is they they backtracked so much for Justice League that they got the wrong way around again because they went to Justice League and then most of the comic relief I remember coming from Batman which is the... He can do comic relief but he's got to do it in a serious way. He's not like... He's not one quippers, is he? Really. He's not not Iron Man which they tried to make him. They they did that whole thing in The Flash on CW where they had Ezra Miller pop up. Like a bleach second. Oh, yeah. They confirmed it's all this different same universe as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could see Stephen Amell doing a good arrow in in like a film. To be honest, I think yeah. probably. I don't think I don't know if he'd want to reprise the role of Arrow ever again. I imagine once you've done a role for so long, you. Yeah, I I think he wants to move on with his career now. Yeah, um, definitely. See where he can take it. I'm I'm interested to see what roles he's he done. Can a couple play. of things, hasn't he? He's done a couple. He's done a couple of Netflix films, I think. Yeah, he's doing one with he did did one with his cousin Code Eight, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Apparently, that was actually really quite good. Did you not watch it? No. Oh, I watched it. It was all right. It was. Yeah, I know it got standard favorable sort of reviews. I'll give it probably a C plus. Yeah. It's you know it's nothing. Actually, there was a funny story with this. Um, for the original script of the film, um, uh, Stephen Amell's so. Um, his cousin's got powers and everyone's got powers and they're part of this criminal group almost that have powers. But Stephen and Mel's character initially wasn't meant to have powers. <laughs> and he, he went up to the guy and said, no, nah, this ain't happening. I'm having powers this time. <laughs> so they gave him some powers. <laughs> That's so joke. I, I, I haven't seen it. I, it keeps popping up in my feed. But I'm like, eh. Yeah, I mean... It's really a film to watch when you really haven't got anything else to do. I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. You know what, you know what a good film? Episode 9 of Star Wars. Don't, no. <laughs> no, no, we're too far in the podcast for for, for this discussion. <laughs> oh my god. Episode... <laughs> I'm so sorry. Episode 9 is so crap. It's... Um... It almost makes episode 8 look good for trying time different, but, episode... but I'm not going to be fooled by that because episode 8 was also crap. And then... Episode 7 was also crap. Do you know what? Before we get too deep into the sequels, <laughs> then we'll have to save that for next time. I, I, yeah, I, we'll build it um, up. 
Yeah, Mandalorian. We'll stay on the Star Wars and the film sort of. Trip. Okay, I haven't finished it yet, but I've got a rough idea what happens. Oh yeah, you yeah. Well, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but you already did earlier. Oh yeah, it's already been spoiled for me. So talk ahead. Um. So, I I just chatted to a couple of people apart from James, who um, mm. he lo- he loves it. But talked to a couple of, and they, they were like, I don't know, it's a bit boring. And I was like, I get that. And I think the second season was definitely worse than the first. But I, I feel like Star Wars people love it. People who love Star Wars love. Mm. But James doesn't like Star Wars that much. He does like, yeah, he does like the, he likes the prequels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he hates the original trilogy. But like, so like people who like Star Wars like it. Mm. But then other people really hate it. And I was like, why do you hate it? Because it's boring. And I, I, I thought back in it and it's like, yeah, some of it is really quite boring. Yeah. You know, he doesn't do, he does a, he does loads of different things in it, in the first season, Mandalorian. He does loads mm. of different things. But none of them really advance the plot. There's only three or four episodes that properly advance the season's plot. Mm. I... A lot of it is like random side missions, which I enjoyed. I, I, I didn't feel bored, and personally I didn't feel bored. But watch, then watching the second season and having, I think, I don't know if this is just one of those things, but seeing other people's opinions has probably lowered it, my opinion of it. Yeah. I'm, which I'm, is a whole other issue of other people's opinions. Yeah. And stuff. That's why I don't listen to other people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care for their opinions. But um, I, I, I tend to agree. I did. It's a bit slow burning at times. Yeah. Um, as a Star Wars fan, I like how it's more Star Wars than sequels. I like how it respects yeah. what George Lucas was going for and it respects it's, what it's came very before. Star Wars story, isn't it? It's very Star Wars, and I do like that. If anything, it's more Star Wars than half the films. And that is very true. But in my opinion, I think the problem with it is I think it spends too much time on the Grogu story. I think it should have solved that up in season one. And then I think we should have got I, I a different that, arc that, that for season is, two. That's marketing versus mm. but, story, isn't it? Yeah, but I think Grogu was just such a revolutionary <laughs> character in the sense that it just attracted a load of people and it, got into the pop culture. Yeah, he's, he's a very good marketing icon. But it also changes up part... Because we... It means that Yoda isn't the last of his kind by the end of it. Mm. You know, his kind exists in the universe elsewhere. Mm. So there's no reason why there isn't loads of them out. Out there. So there must be a planet of Yoda somewhere. Yeah, just no one knows what planet that is. Or maybe they're like um, where it pandas. Is. <laughs> where they just really don't re- reproduce very often. They just, their population dwindles. Well, I don't think Yoda was getting around. Despite being a sort, I don't think he was getting around. Uh, he was too. He was too complaining about the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was too too fixated on the dark side. And um, so yeah, it's a Disney Plus cracking job I think they're doing so far. WandaVision. Ooh. I know there's a new episode out today, which we don't really want to date when we film the podcast. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but there was a new episode out today. And just as we were getting ready to sit down, James comes down and goes, oh, have you seen the notice of it? I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> it breaks the whole story open. I was like, yeah, I know. I've seen the mid-season trailer. I haven't seen the new episode yet. Don't tell me anything. And he's like, no, stop. Stop. He's like, you can talk about it on toilet talk. I was like, Josh hasn't, Josh hasn't watched it. I can't ruin it for him. Oh, God. I ask you Round to that, I haven't watched a single episode yet. It is really good, and you can steal James's Disney Plus to watch. I always do. <laughs> like I'm going to pay for something myself. Yeah, it, I think that's a breath of fresh air for the Marvel. Universe. I want to say that's exactly what I want to see from the Marvel universe because I think it's got too much. Though it's not exactly Marvel's fault because what they did was so successful. It they created but, a genre, or yeah. almost a new genre of cookie cutter films. Yeah. So they could stamp out, and they would do well. You know they'd do well, but it did get a bit boring. The, the, yeah, that's the... Pr- they didn't do anything new. Yeah. Endgame... Well, not even that. Endgame, Infinity War, The Last Captain, like Civil War, all of them were the same story stamped out. Mm. You know, there's a reason they don't win anything at the Oscars, because 
they're good films. Everyone goes to see them. But yeah. They're not revolutionary. They're not doing anything new in cinema. They're not pushing the boundaries of cinema. No, exactly. And that's one of the things Mandalorian and WandaVision, they both do really well. They're really well mm. done. The cinematography on those two shows is amazing. The set design is awesome. I think that's why TV and streaming has become the new... I think TV is probably going to overtake film. It's going to be the new film. Because film used to have all this prestige, but I think TV's got that now because they actually take risks on TV. And I think the budget per mm. episode to compared to a film, you know, they're sort of normalising almost. Mm. Where, you know, you could be spending this much on a season that you'd spend on a film and you mm. get the same quality out mm. of TV than you do a film nowadays. That's true. I think the lines blurred, so especially as in the current age we're living in of last year, film has all been streaming anyway. Yeah. People haven't been going to the cinema, so there's not... The difference is getting blurred and blurred more by the minute, I think. And you can really see this with film, though, because I, all the last films you've been seeing for the last decade have been pretty much remakes, um, sequels, and all of them, almost all of them, have got the same genre as Marvel. I mean, uh, the new Jurassic Park films pretty much the same as Marvel sort of style film. Yeah. Um, even the Hobbit films were a bit Marvel styled, and it it really it really annoyed me because as much as I do did like Marvel and I like their style, it's because everyone else was doing it. It got very sort of stale. Yeah. I mean, I still enjoyed to say a Marvel film if I watched it, but I it, it got stale because everyone else was doing it because it was so successful. And everyone just wants to aim their film to everyone rather than to... They used to do it in niche markets. Yeah, I was listening to a different podcast. Um, and what? they were talking about... You are only meant to listen to Toilet Talk. <laughs> listen to myself There talk. are no other podcasts. That is true. We don't, we don't know of any other podcasts currently available that provide the wide breadth of Star Wars knowledge that we do. <laughs> like like uh, Britain doesn't acknowledge Sealand, we do not acknowledge uh, any <laughs> other podcast. Any other podcast is existing. But they, they were talking about how directors either make films for people to watch, which are boring, mm. air quotes that you can't see, or they make films for other directors which are too much wank. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, the, 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 they make films that are for other directors to watch at the films festival and they're the most original thing going they're, you know, they're doing all these crazy things for lighting but they're not a good film to watch they're only good to watch if you're another director mm. or they make films so blissfully boring that any old random Joe can get it and there's nowhere in between where good film I think that's where good films lie is between innovation and watchability I think the real I think two directors who probably do that best in our day and age are probably um, Chris Nolan. I think he always liked those high concept films, trying something different, yeah. um, unique. Everyone gives Tenet shit for his latest. He, he gives it shit. And it's very Christopher Nolan. It's very Christopher But I mm. think it's a good film. I personally enjoyed it. I thought mm. it was. The story made sense. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I, I still want to watch it. I'm a big fan of a Nolan film. Honestly, really good film. Well worth the watch. I mean, I, I bet people... The story was a bit weird at some points. But mm. by the end of it, I felt like I understood the story most. You know, I understood the premise. I understood why everything was happening. And everyone was like, oh, the time travel doesn't make sense. I was like, it's not really time travel. It's it's, it's fresh take on time travel, which I really enjoyed as well. Mm. And the story does make sense, in my opinion. Some people didn't think so, but I think that's probably one of the risks you have to take. Well, I think I'd rather watch a film that um, fails to execute a new idea rather than a film that doesn't take any chances. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I, I, I like originality, and I think originality I should be supported. I also have the issue of a lot of films that just don't engage you anymore. No. Which is very, it's just so easy to get distracted because there's, there's so many other things you could be doing. Mm. If you've got to sit down for an hour and a half, a film has to be good. It has to keep you there and it has to keep you in the moment. I know, I can always tell if a film has failed is when I sit in a cinema and then I realise I'm sitting in a cinema. Yeah. That, that's when I know. And you start oh, no. what, noticing time going by. Yeah. That's the issue. 
Oh yeah, so I went to watch It when it came out, It 2 when it came out, and it's three hours long, and it is, it's too long, it is far too long a film. And we say as this, this podcast probably approaches the third hour. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we um, yeah, so sat down, and about an hour and a half in, I realised the time is going, mm. and I, it's, it's not even scaring me anymore, because I'm just like, must be over soon and then I need to go for a week so I check my phone and I realise oh god only an hour and a half has gone past mm. I need a week again and then I'm around oh, it's two and a half hours how much longer is this film going to end and it was just boring by that point it wasn't scary anymore apart from the fact they overuse jump scares mm. I, I, I like horror films they scare me very easily yeah but that's the point but I am easily scared by horror but at the two and a half hour mark I was just like please be over I'm bored of this it's not scary anymore because I am just bored and I'm sat here waiting for this film to end and it was it ruined the experience for me because there's just nothing yeah. scary about the film I'm waiting for end no that's that is very poor and I don't know there's far more to horror than jump scares there's... oh I mean the first it was magnificent I think it, it used horror well the mm. second one was far far worse yeah I remember not sleeping for a week Literally not for a week. I think I can calculate all the hours I got sleep was... in two hands. <laughs> it's not that bad. That, that was the same time I was going to the gym at like midnight and coming back at like 1am and I was just walking down that long road to our house <laughs> with just like the fields and you can just hear like little animals just going about like yeah. and it's like jumping all across and then you've got those little guffins that look like the sewers in America where did oh. Pennywise reached out to grab that job. I was like, this is not fun. <laughs> I'm not having fun here. The only salvation I had was, I think, on the second night, um, the new season of Succession came out, so I watched this. I watched an episode of Succession. I remember you were like, I didn't get any sleep last night. <laughs> I was like, what, because we watched the scary film? You're like, yes. I, I even kept the lights on, but that still wasn't enough. I put the radio on loud. I just Anything to get myself to sleep. I'm not very good with horror. No. I was, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a... Hyper imaginative. Prefer Star Wars. <laughs> I prefer Star Wars. Though, you know, the sequels were horrifying enough that that kept me up for even longer. I think we'd better end it there. We're just over an hour. We're just over an hour? Oh, yeah. wow. That is actually quite tame. Coming up to an hour, ten minutes. Well, we'd better end it there before you start talking about Star Wars. <laughs> oh, that's very good. We'll have to keep that for its whole own episode. Well, uh, so yeah, that was the first episode. Thank you. We had a flush of a time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I didn't get that. It was over in a flush. I don't know. We'll, we'll work on the pun to end. I think that one's the one we'll go for. It was over in a flush. Over in a flush. That was That's horrible. I love it. Okay. It was over in a flush. We had a good time. Yeah. Next next episode, we'll talk about um, the sequels and Ricky Gervais. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm still meant to circle back to him. <laughs> so, um, thank you for listening and goodbye. <laughs>